WHHHFM Speedway, Indiana. W268CM available in HD. Go drop in. The moment y'all been waiting for. Broadcasting from the 99%Approved.com studio. Drive the car you deserve. Visit 99%Approved.com. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. Hot 100.9. Hold up. And good morning to Indianapolis. It is the first Sunday. Wait, no, it's not. It was second Sunday. Last sun, last Sunday was first Sunday. It's second Sunday. It's Derby weekend, mini marathon weekend, May 7, 2023. I'm sure if you are a runner or a spectator for yesterday's 5K or uh, mini marathon run, then you are very pleased that the rain we're getting today happened today and not yesterday because it is storming uh, seriously out there long bouts of thunder which you know that just really ruins my plans for today every week every day this week i've been making a list of two or three things chores or errands that i need to get done and when i get them done i feel really really accomplished well today y'all i just had one thing i needed to do and that was cut the grass and it's raining and i'm so upset that I can't cut the grass today. Y'all just don't know how upset about that I am. No grass cutting for me today, but we are going to have a good show. It's election post time, and there were a couple of surprises in this past Tuesday's election, but a couple of things that happened that uh, really didn't surprise anybody. Joe Hogsett will be uh, the Democrat nominee to run for Indianapolis mayor, and he will be facing off a former city county counselor and businessman, Jefferson Shree. The two of them will battle it out through November to become uh, the next mayor of Indy. We'll show you some results uh, from everybody, including our colleagues, Pastor Jackson, Abdul. I, I talked with Abdul. I saw him down at our other radio station uh, campus the other day. Uh, we'll probably even hear from Larry Vaughn, who was whose name was on the ballot. Uh, we'll talk about that along with uh, some of the bills that just got passed at the State House this week. Uh, Governor Holcomb signing nearly 100 different new laws onto the books. Among them is a law that now requires, that's the key word here, requires schools in Marion County and select few other counties to share the money that they earn from school referendums with charter schools. They are now required. So when a school district asks you, hey, will you raise your taxes to support our schools? That money now also will go to the charter schools that are in that district's boundaries. You can imagine that's going to be an interesting conundrum and not picking sides here. This is bad news if you are a, a traditional public schools because now that's less money for you. You now have to share that. So we'll talk about that and so much more here this morning, but we won't talk about it alone. I'm joined this morning by my esteemed colleague, the Community Affairs Director uh, here at Radio 1, the lovely Miss Tina Cosby is on our live line today. Tina, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, but I, you know what? I, I want to remind you that today is first Sunday. Is it? Because... It is. It's the first Sunday in May, May 7th. May 1st was last Monday. You are correct. So all of those going to communion service uh, this Sunday, don't, 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 don't stop going because there will be communion at church for those churches that serve communion on first Sunday. Yes, so, it uh, is first Sunday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you it, right. Is. it is. Yeah. So, well, you know. and if you're staying at home, that means get your watching church virtually, get your crackers ready. That's right. Yes, what do they call that? Uh, bedside Baptist? Uh-huh. Reverend Sheets. Yeah, Reverend Sheets and Deacon Pillow. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Sometimes he comes in handy, especially on a day like today, because I did not want to get out of bed to even come do this show. I know, I know. It came in handy a lot during COVID, I tell you. So uh, it was really, really quite convenient. We became a lot more nimble with a lot of things. Too, yes. So we got to do a show about that, you know. Things especially up- with, uh, with the uh, national emergency being lifted uh, probably this Friday? No, this Thursday, this Thursday, the 11th. Yeah, essentially, uh, legally, the pandemic has been declared over. Yeah, yeah. And then Biden's going to, you know, officially lift it. I mean, he's going to make it official from his perspective and from everything that he has to go over um, on the 11th of, of this month, which is Thursday. So, yeah. 
Well, yep, uh, the uh, the agencies, the the health, the, the world, WHO, CDC, all of those uh, are good. Well, Tina, along with that news, we also got uh-huh. news this week of the election that is now uh, in the books. Um, as I said, Joe Hogg said, winning the uh, Democratic Party uh, vote to be mayor of Indianapolis with 29,000 votes. That's about uh, 58%. Uh, coming in second place on the Democratic side was Robin Shackelford with 37%. That's about 18,000 votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, right under her, uh, the next person who got the most votes was actually Bob Kern, um, who got 694 votes. That's just 1.4% of the vote. Cliff Marsiglio got 365 votes, which is uh, less it's three quarters of a percent. Yeah, 0.75%, yeah. Greg Merriweather, who also dropped out of the race along with Cliff Marsiglio and threw their support uh, behind uh, Robin Shackelford, uh, he did better than Cliff Marsiglio. He got 471 votes. Uh, that's 0.97%. And our good friend here of the show, Larry Vaughn, got 293 votes. Uh, that's uh, 0.6%. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so with that, uh, Joe Hogsett will walk away uh, as the the winner of the, of the primary, and then on the uh, Republican side, Jefferson Shreve, who was the first person, along with uh, Robin Shackelford, that I saw, um, who had uh, commercials running on TV or radio. Jefferson Shreve got sixty five percent of uh, his party's vote with nineteen thousand votes. Uh, somebody who came in right, uh, who who did really well. Was Abdul, our colleague here at the radio station? He did. He did very well. He came in with uh, 26% of the vote. That's 7,600 votes. Behind him was our other radio colleague, James Jackson, who got 4.3% of the vote. That's about 1,200 votes. And then John Couch got 3.5% of the vote at about 1,036 votes. So, uh, hey, look, if Jefferson Shreve had not got into the race, Abdul would have won. Abdul would have won. Yeah, but were you struck, Cameron, by the low voter turnout on the Republican side? No. Uh, Democrats were far more uh, enthusiastic, if you just look strictly at the numbers, about going to vote in this primary than the Republicans were. I, you know, I I drew some assumptions in terms of uh, the the, the leading uh, candidate on the Republican side, Jefferson Shreve, and perhaps the message uh, missed the mark. Uh, to the point where it just simply did not generate um, enough enthusiasm to get to get those numbers out. And if I'm Jefferson Shreve, I'm looking at that. Um, if I'm the local and state, you know, local, not state, the local GOP, well, maybe the statewide GOP and the rest of them, I'm looking at that too because the messaging may have been the key there. Uh, there just did not seem to be a lot of enthusiastic voter turnout. Now, I know Marion County is, is heavily Democratic, mm-hmm. Uh, but I also know Republicans get out and vote and, and enthousi- when there's something they're enthusiastic about. And he just simply did not seem to generate uh, the enthusiasm. I mean, if you look at it, uh, Abdul, I don't know, almost got half of what he did. And he he's, he dropped millions on this campaign. Well, Abdul did not have millions to drop. Well, I'll tell you, if you're Jefferson Treve, he's saying, well, I won. Uh-huh. And... For the reasons that there are more Democrats in Marion County than Republicans. No, that that part didn't surprise me. Um, but uh, I, I did talk with Abdul. Uh, I went down to our what I call mm-hmm. the South Campus uh, radio yeah. stations yeah. on Monument mm-hmm. Circle the other day, the day after the election, actually. And um, or was that Thursday? I think it was Thursday. And uh, I saw Abdul. He was actually back in the radio station getting ready to uh, do some radio type things he was already recording some interviews because his show's going to be uh, coming back he's getting ready to go on a uh, much deserved vacation uh, i believe he's going to hawaii he um he said uh you know after he was in the hospital caught pneumonia high blood pressure uh, just campaigning too hard um and um he's fine uh, but he's going to go on vacation when he comes back from vacation he'll be back on the radio doing his show so uh he, he was in good spirits he was very pleased with with, with how he did, I think he probably did better than he was expecting, especially uh, with Jefferson Shreve in. And, and I think he knows if, if Shreve hadn't got in, because he got in at the very last second uh, with his official filing, that 
Um, Ab- Ab- it, it would be Abdul versus uh, Joe Hogsett. Yeah, it really would be. It really would be. But, you know, it, it's also uh, something that uh, folks that uh, we, we, we speak with on the regular, like Common Cause Indiana, point out that uh, Shreve's uh, victory is, is an indicator, a, a, another sign that there needs to be campaign finance reform, not only in the state of Indiana, but across the country, because uh, the appearance that if you have enough money, you can win an election is just not a good one. Uh, and that's been around for eons as well. But, um, hey, he self-financed, he got it, and we'll see how it goes from there. Well, you also had, on, on the Democrat side, you had um, Robin Shackelford, who came in uh, second place. Again, yes. uh, 37,000, uh, 37,000, 37%, 18,000 votes. Um, so yeah. we, we this was an election where we have could we could have had the first black mayor of Indianapolis with either mm-hmm. Abdul uh, Pastor Jackson or Robin Shackelford and the first woman mayor with mm-hmm. uh, Robin Shackelford. That's not going to happen this time around, but 18,000 people were ready for Robin Shackelford. Yeah, she she had, I mean, 18,000 to 28,000. I mean, come on. She had a really strong showing, very strong showing. And I think um, a strong enough showing to where she can uh, she can do some serious things with uh, Joe Hogsett, depending on how she wants to leverage that. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think she did. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at, looking at the gap here. It's it's 58% for Joe Hogsett, 37% for uh, Robin Shackelford. And then, of course, the next person down uh, only got got less than 1,000 a, a votes. So uh, she secured uh, second place handedly. She did. She did. And and she, there's, a, there's a block there that she can do something with. You know, she, she's a force, you know, to me, quite a presence and did, you know, did very, very well. She did a lot better. Um, against uh, the front runner than uh, than than Abdul did, still a lot better. Uh, we'll go to the phones here in a second. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Here in Indianapolis, Marion County, there were also three uh, school referendums on the ballot: one for Warren Township Schools, Speedway Schools, and Indianapolis Public Schools. All three did pass. Uh, everyone agreed to vote yes. On mm-hmm. those uh, referendums, we know the, the biggest uh, one that was being watched was the IPS referendum, and uh, that was for their capital improvements to make yeah. some upgrades and construction plans for some buildings. Uh, voters said yes to that, and so now that one will move through. Um, did any of that catch yeah. you by surprise? It did, I have to say. Uh, and I was just going by my unofficial, uh, you know, my unofficial polling from voters that called into my show. Uh, and to a person, they all said no. And so I was just getting a feel that this referendum might be in trouble, but it looks like it passed handily. Um, so, you know, I, I, I was I was a little surprised, I was surprised that either it passed, that uh, number one, both that it passed and that it passed by the margin that it did, almost, uh, you know, 59 a percent of the voters said yes, 40 uh, percent. Well, basically, basically, you rounded up 60 percent to 41 percent. Um, and that's that's a big enough margin to where I was surprised. Well, and uh, on top of that, uh, 59 percent to 40 percent. The Warren Township went uh, 52 to 47 percent. They actually had the close one. Yeah, um, that's you know what, Cameron, that's a good point. That was a lot closer uh, than uh, IPS. And that's very surprising. A uh, speedway, kind of a runaway. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Seventy nine percent to twenty percent. Uh, that's twelve hundred yeah. votes to three hundred and forty one votes. Uh, vote, people voting no, three hundred and forty one. Um, mm. But you know, I, this referendum business is about to get a whole lot more difficult uh, for yeah. schools in Marion County and select other counties, including uh, Vanderburg County, Lake County. I'll read them all to you because a select few of in these ninety two counties. If you're a school district in one of these counties now. You will have to share the referendum money. Uh, I believe it'll start next. Probably it would start next year uh, when the, because the law will go in this summer, go into effect. Uh, so if you do a referendum, so the the folks who do the referendums uh, on this year's ballot, all that money is going to stay with the school districts. No problem, no question. That money that Warren Township approved stays with Warren Township. IPS stays with IPS. Speedway stays with Speedway. But next year, it's going to be different because the new state law just went into effect. Uh, that says these school districts um, that are in counties which include 
uh, Marion County, um, Lake County, which is the home of Gary, although Gary specific schools are e- exempt from this for another reason. Vanderburg County, which is Evansville, uh, and St. Joseph County, which is South Bend. These counties now have are required to share their public school, traditional school money that they get from referendums with charter schools. Now, I know we focus on IPS a lot, so let's let's not just focus on IPS with this one because this is every school in that county. So let's say I live in Wayne Township and I go to Ben Davis High School. Right now, there are no charter schools over there. But if tomorrow I decide to open the Cameron Riddle School of Broadcasting Charter School over on uh, High School Road, Girl School Road, let's put it on Girl School Road, um, I could get, I am now entitled to get money that Wayne Township Schools goes to ask its voters for. My charter school is now entitled to get some of that money from the school district um, because my building is physically within the district boundaries of Wayne Township Schools. So if you're Wayne Township Schools, that's not good news for you because you've now got to share that money. It's just like me taking my paycheck here from the radio station and me Mm -hmm. now being required to share it with my brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. just because we're related, because they live like, whoa, before I could share it. Now you're telling me I have to take some of my check and give it to them? So if you don't have a charter school in your district, you're going to see a even bigger force of people saying, no, don't put that charter school in our school district because that's one more school we've got to now fund that takes away from the rest of our schools. We've already seen some pushback in Carmel and in Pike Township with them pushing away uh, a set of charter schools that wanted to open up shop there. But immediately, this is quite the conundrum for Indianapolis public schools because is and forgive me for not having the exact number of charter schools that are inside of IPS's school district, but they now have to, if they ask for $30 million and that $30 million was going to just stay at IPS schools, they now have to split that money for IPS needs. And let's just make up a number and say there's 50 charter schools inside of the IPS school district. That money now also has to be given to them as well. I don't know how it's going to be divided up yet. I'm not sure that they know. I'm not sure it's been revealed, but they said it has to be proportionate. Um, if you're a public traditional school, this isn't good for you. If you are a uh, charter school, this is great news for you because you now have a new source of income uh, thanks to this new law that was just signed this week. Uh, so these school referendums are going to get far more interesting with people saying, no, um, I need that money to stay at the school district that my kids go to in Washington Township. That's money needs to go to North Central, not to a charter school that's opening up there. Yeah. Well, did, what what strikes you about those counties that were cherry picked uh, according to state law that typically covers all ninety two counties? Why why these particular counties? Well, does, the, does, some, does something strike you as strange about that as to why lawmakers would target those particular counties? Well, they are, they the thing is they're not being quiet about what what they're doing anymore. Um, they've made it clear that. Um, those counties, which is Marion County, home to Indianapolis, Lake mm-hmm. County, home to Gary, um, and East Chicago schools, Hammond schools, Vanderburg County, which is Evansville, and mm-hmm. yes. St. Joseph County, which is South Bend. Those are among the biggest urban areas in the state. There you go. But you that go. is where all the charter schools are. There are select few charter schools in the other 980-some-plus counties that are not included. But they were very clear. We're focusing it right now on those areas because that's where the majority of the states, nearly all of the state's charter schools are. And if you are a another county, um, it is optional. Um, it was brought up, well, Allen County was excluded from that. That's Fort Wayne. That's the second biggest uh, county and city in the state. That one was excluded. Um, not clear why, other than somebody said, hey, don't put Allen County in there. Well, um, County maybe had better representation in the state house, you know. Yes, it, of course, just, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it, it it just is, and you know the other, the flip side of that is, uh, Cameron, it could slow down the proliferation of uh, charter schools in some of these counties because maybe somebody can get on that other end of the political spectrum and start working it to where, hey, you know what? And and people have long been calling in Marion County, calling for a moratorium. Just, let's just stop right now to see. 
see how how where we're going with this, how much this is costing us, and what have you. The other thing is the the just blatant hypocrisy of the state house uh, based on the fact that they poorly fund those counties that they said have to get money, give the money that they're asking for in addition to what they're getting from the state. It's, it's just blatant hypocrisy that these school districts are, are trying to fund their school system with money that they need in addition to what they're not getting from the state. And then the state's going to say, well, if you get extra money because we're not giving you money, you got to give it away. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Now, what it, ridiculous. Does, what it does do is they did say that um, if you are a, so let's say IPS, or now I'm going to pick on IPS. Um, if you're IPS uh, and you've got uh, a building, you no longer have to give it away for a dollar. That the, the charter school that wants your empty building actually has to pay you for it uh, because you're already giving the money. So they did change that portion. Uh, and, that, and that goes for, for any school district. If you're already giving your your referendum money to them, they can't take stuff from free for you. So I guess at least there's that. But this is happening. Uh, this is now the law. So this is going to change the way school districts are either going to need to ask for more money because they still got to cover their needs. Um, and then they have to look out for the charter schools that are in their district. Or this will force schools to say, well, we're going to be very selective on when we do referendum so maybe you'll see some schools say we're going to do it less um but mm-hmm. um because they just don't want to share i mean it, it, it's this the school districts are not getting more money in addition to being said you have to give it away they're saying no take that same money you've been using in fact you might get a little bit less in some cases well the and then also break it away yeah referendums are basically floated to supplement you know mm-hmm. so you're right but yeah it, it is. I, you know, I'd be, yeah, I, it's just uh, the, the super majority, the super GOP majority at the state house is becoming problematic to the point where there has to be something. Somebody's got to get out there in those rural counties and start getting, uh, getting a little bit more awareness to these folks that are just blindly voting and keeping, because it's becoming almost oppressive to the point where none of this stuff makes any sense. I mean, when you look at all of those bills that the governor signed, Cameron, it's basically book banning. Um, give your. It, it's just. Uh, it's it's problematic to the point where I don't know where all of this is going to end up. It, it's just that bad. It's, it's bad. Let's go to the phones. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. On the air this morning with the lovely good Dr. Tina Cosby. That's why I call her Dr. T- Dr. Cosby. Yeah, Dr. Okay. She's brain to the operation. Uh, let's, uh, let's have you join the conversation. Uh, post-election results and your thoughts. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Greetings, Cameron. How are you today? Good, Paul. How are you, sir? I'm well. Greetings, um, to Miss Cosby. How are you today? I'm well, Paul. How are you? Oh, I'm well. And greetings to everybody. I'm going to go through real quick. Um, first, first of all, Cameron, it could be possible that somebody was listening when I said that we ought to take our children out of these schools and, and, and put them back in our own neighborhood so we won't be arguing about this money. Secondly, uh, uh, Shriver, is it? Uh, the, the mayor that was Shreve. running the Treves or whatever his name is, I noticed in his commercials that uh, what he mostly focused in on was uh, when that young man died and uh, our community was downtown protesting and I also noticed that um, the police department, uh, as far as them doing crimes and different things, were in our neighborhoods. So we need to be careful uh, about uh, who you guys put in the office uh, because their focus uh, is not genuinely for our community. And the last, well, not the last thing, but uh, yeah, and one other thing I wanted to say, I wanted to congratulate Larry Vaughn uh, because he was on there just mainly to point out stuff that actually goes on. So kudos to him. And the last thing I want to say is that you guys was talking about uh, communion earlier. And I don't know if you guys, and I'm not talking to you directly, okay? I don't know if you guys believe in witchcraft and voodoo and these sorts of things, but that communion is a participant in those things. So um, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, because I'm, I'm really concerned uh, about how uh, our culture is approaching and participating in religion. Right. Uh, and that's my comment for today. 
Uh, you guys have a wonderful day. And, and, and Miss Cosby, you know, it's always my pleasure to hear your voice. So you guys have a great day. And uh, I, I'll holler at you guys next week. All right. Thank you, Paul. All yeah. right. Thank it's you. You're welcome. It's always good to, to hear uh, Tina Cosby's voice. I, that's why I wanted her to come on on Sunday, because your entire week is going to be better having started your week listening to the voice of Tina oh, Cosby. Oh, you're far too kind, far too kind. Three ones. Um, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to hear your, I want to hear your listening. 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines with Cameron and Tina. Who's this? How you doing, Cameron and Tina? Mr. Larry Vaughn, congratulations, sir, on <laughs> on, a, on your campaign. No, seriously, seriously. It was interesting to see uh, your name on the ballot. I had people uh, texting me and saying, hey, Larry, uh, is that Larry who, who always calls into your show? Is that the Larry Vaughn whose name was on the ballot? I said, that was the Larry L. Vaughn. Uh, 293 votes. Like, seriously, that's that nobody voted for me. So, cool. Hey, yeah, it's been there before, but listen, you know, I was thinking about Joe, but you know what he done the first time he got on the stage drunk? Start booger woofing, right? I mean, black people, you know, you know, when you look at it, he's based his campaign on protecting you from Donald Trump. That's stupid, man. If black people go for that, they get what they get. I mean, I don't. I, I just don't know. In the charter schools down here at Keystone and Raymond, right? There is a charter school advertisement with a monkey head on there showing all his teeth. That shows you what they think about our kids, and we don't even think anything about our kids because we keep on buying into it. And at the bottom of the pit is the property tax caps. When we, when we, uh, when Mitch Daniels had our constitution amended. The only thing they've done is tuck off the last paragraph in Article 8, where it says the General Assembly may assess a tax on the property of corporations for common school purposes. That means this state has no jurisdiction over uh, over uh, corporations anymore. They're not paying any taxes. That's why all the businesses are moving to town. And these referendums, all you're doing is voting yourself off of your land when you vote for them. I mean, it's just sickening. But our people, you know, they're being duped and drug into it, and now there'll probably be a big protest about the one boy that got killed on the subway in New York. That's nothing. This guy is homeless. George Floyd, they keep throwing all that up. Well, if I'm if I'm Shrees, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show a picture of that uh, dump truck that was parked down there at Market in Pennsylvania all that time with the windows busted out and so forth. Joe Hawk said he has destroyed this city, right? But it's getting ready for receivership anyway. But Let me ask you before we it. let you go, Larry, what's next for Larry Vaughn now that you've run for mayor? What are you doing next? Hey, I'm a businessman, and I'm an artist, Cameron, so that consumes a lot of my time. And uh, I've been doing it for the last 40, 45 years, so... It's nothing different because why? Because I'm going to keep on being an activist. I'm going to keep on throwing issues on the table. If nobody wants to believe in, well, you get what you get. I mean, because it, it shows you, you know, after we talk about we fought and bled for all this stuff, and now we got billboards all around our, our, our town uh, advertising segregated schools wherein our kids are not learning how to read. So that just shows you how it's working on us. But Joe uh-huh. Offset, is pandering. He's acting like he's the only. He's got a bugger wolf, Donald Trump. All right. He's the only one that can protect bugger wolf, Donald Trump. It's stupid. All right, Larry. Thank you hey, much, Tina, sir. Tina, Tina, let yes, me sir. have one day a week. I'm sorry. Let me have one day a week. Okay. Well, I'll get you at the sales department. And we can get that worked out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's the only way I can do that. All right, 317-239-1009. Larry Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen, who uh, ran for uh, mayor. Let's get you one more call before we go to break, and then we'll take some more calls. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning, Tina. Tina Cameron. Forgive me yelling, coaching yesterday, lose a little voice, but thanks for getting my call. Um, I have one question first, and I got a comment. How How much of the Republican primary vote did... Abdul and Pastor Jackson get from their side. 
Well, that would require me to do some quick math. Keep Hold talking, on, and I'll get I you. I got it right here. I got it right okay. here, Cameron. Uh, okay. Abdul Hakeem Shabab got 7,629 votes, which is 26.25% of the overall vote. Uh, Jefferson Shreve got 19,152 votes, which was 65% of the overall number of votes cast on the Republican side. And Pastor Jackson got how much? 4%. Pastor Jackson got 1,250 votes, 1,250, and that was 4.3% of the GOP total. So, okay, if, I, so your I, question I, I was what— I understood that because maybe, uh, as Larry just said, talking about Trump, two of those men attached himself. Two of those people are people of color, black people, and evidently those folks over there didn't think too kindly of one of them. Twenty-six thousand, I give up a, 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 a seven thousand. That's not a lot either for Abdul. So maybe they need to assess who they're really trying to appeal to when we keep talking about these political phrases. Uh, I want to thank Eddie Melton first, our homeboy from Gary, for winning. Uh, got a lot of little economic developments going on up there. I'm sure maybe he can bring a little more. Brings stability. There's no waterway nowhere in the country that's not developed, and so uh, this is a dumb state if you don't develop where major city where you have waterways mm-hmm. all the way to your home, Cameron, Michigan City, all the way. Take mm-hmm. it all the way, Archon Dunes. Take it all the way on up. Um, if anyone believes that that was justified, even the guy's lawyer came out yesterday and said he didn't try to kill him on the subway. If you black people, I heard some comments. They've been very, very distraught to me. But if you think you can just go and choke somebody and kill them, go try it and see what's going to happen to you. I guarantee you, you won't be let go home. There was no threat there. There was no weapon there. People in New York, I've been in New York many times. People used to seeing people do all kind of stuff in New York. Okay. And that you, you do not have the right to choke and kill a person. And we got some black folks calling in here thinking that that's okay. And I want to say, if you believe that, you try it. And I guarantee you, you're going to be in handcuffs. That's that's not right. Uh, one of the things that we got to keep pushing to make sure our children are safe. No one's talked about Brownsburg making the child eat vomit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you covered that, Tina. I, I covered it on TV. Uh, despicable. All of that. And then two months to report. Someone has to find out how do they get away from going two months to tell that to the parents. People, watch and ask your children questions. Talk to them about drugs. All these schools have it. That was my friend's son that died in Avon uh, the other day. Uh, just Noah, just uh, just trying to find his way, just trying to fit in. It hurt us all. It just shocked me to death. I just shocked, but I know what goes on. I've worked in Danville. I've worked in Andrews County. I know it's in all these places, so we have to talk to our children about these drugs, talk to them about these gummies, talk to them. And then lastly, can someone get us a list? of the charter schools and their grades. I'm tired of hearing, well, some doing good and some this. We need a comprehensive list of the schools and their grades, their forecasts, who runs them, this and the third. That's what us, we taxpayers need. I keep trying to look it up. I can't find it. Well, I think you're about to see a whole lot more on that now that they are going to be required to get some of this money. I think you're going to see a whole lot more scrutiny with people saying, I'm not paying for somebody that I don't know. I don't know nothing about that. So uh, we got to take a quick commercial break here, Tina. Uh, Pay some bills here so that uh, we can keep the lights on. Uh, And we'll be right back and we'll continue to talk to you on our live line, 317-239-1009. Call us, 317-239-1009. Brandon, let's combine the break. We'll be back in moments. This is Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and the new hot 100.9. Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news. Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we are back. Joined this morning by Tina Cosby, who is on our live line. We're talking to you this morning. 
Post-election 2023, May primary now in the books. And we're talking with you on the phone. Tina, the phone lines are uh, hot this morning. Hey, let's get to it. I love it. How are you this morning, everybody? Everybody apparently is up and awake. These storms that are coming through have knocked out power to about 1,000 people. So uh, from between uh, Duke and AES as the storms have, have rolled through this morning. So I'm hoping everybody is okay and has has power right now. I know there's been a lot of lightning and a lot of thunder. So uh, hopefully the, the rest of the morning can calm down. In the meantime, let's go to the phones. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Cameron, is that me? That is you. Good morning. Hey, Cameron, this is Ron. Yes, sir. Uh, just waking up, so I, I got in a little bit late. I think I got in around the calls with Larry. But beyond that, um, Tina, uh, uh, good morning. And my disclaimer, uh, uh, Cameron, uh, I love you. I love Tina. I want your uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ to know that we are to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. Uh, with those two uh commandments, we could probably create a little bit better life for all of us. Cameron, if I could, there's a couple of issues. One is immigration. The other day, uh, Pierre tried to mention uh, that the uh, open borders down on the southern border is going to create a problem here in America. Uh, you've got about 6 million people who've come over the last couple of years, and, you know, at least that's what some people are, are saying. However, uh, Hispanics are now the uh, second largest minority. They are 19%, whereas we are now 13%. Uh, when you have a large number of people coming in, uh, I believe uh, Pierre wanted to comment that those people are going to need jobs and there's going to be housing, and that's going to be spread amongst all new people. Normally, if you have people just have babies over a few years, over a few years, by the time they get 18, you've made some difference. But when you have millions that come in over a few years, that changes things very rapidly. Cameron, uh, we had, uh, uh, I think uh, the uh, gentleman came in on, um, uh, on, on Tina's show the other day about the uh, status of black America. Mm -hmm. Cameron, uh, I've heard people complain about not being able to get a ride to work because the jobs are too far away. Cameron, you know I'm the second greatest Lyft driver of all time, and I thank God for those people who take those long rides to wherever those rides, to wherever their jobs are. Uh, I picked up a young girl yesterday, uh, not yesterday, a few days ago, 27 years old, Cameron, four kids working at McDonald's. Yes, half of her income is going to go towards taking care of uh, housing. 27 years old, four kids working at McDonald's. That's why some black people are still in poverty. The next day, I pick up a young man who owns a trucking business. He worked as a traveling dialysis technician and saved up $50,000. Went to Huntington, and there's a SBA minority and women loan program that they offer. Mm -hmm. He went there and borrowed enough money to get two dump trucks and two straight trucks, and he delivers stuff for Lowe's all over the country. Cameron, this young man had to fire his uncle because his uncle showed up for work three days late. You're supposed to go somewhere and deliver product, but when you get there, you are late. He said this happened three times. He took his uncle home to Detroit and fired him. That's what that, that, that we can get ahead if we uh, put the right effort into what it is we do. I know some people want to say that we got to work three times harder than everybody, but so what? We just have to work. If you know how to play the game, play it. Otherwise, you're going to always be on the bottom, and we need to stop being on the bottom and believing that we can't get ahead because of all of the mythology about white people being better than us. They're no, it's not. And my last comment, the reason Jefferson Shreve is probably not going to come on a whole lot is because uh, your, uh, Tina's show, your show, generally has black Americans who are pro-Democrat, and once uh, Shreve comes on, somebody is going to ask him if he's going to vote for Trump. Once a Republican, black or white, once they say they're going to vote for Trump, already they have lost that black vote. 
there's nothing a Republican is going to say on your station or, or Tina's that is going ha- to sway their vote. Well, so why would I come on your show and, 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 and have you kind of beat me up and ask me if I'm going to vote for Trump when you've already decided you're not going to vote? Well, I tell you what, I tell you why you should come on my show or Tina's show. It's a misconception. This is an urban station uh, owned by uh, a black company run by black people, predominantly uh, catering to black people. However, it's a little known fact that 40 percent of the people listening to this radio station right now are white. Forty percent. You're right. I wouldn't have known that. But the very same company that owns uh, your station also happens to own WIBC. That's the only reason uh, Abdul was able to get the number of votes that he got, because he is well known amongst the white uh, Republican population that listens to WIBC, which has a huge stretch I, or, 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 or reach. I'm hearing you, but yeah, even, I'm yeah. here. I'm hearing you, but understand right here on this radio station. I mean, I, I got what they got going on down the hall, but on this radio station, 40% of the people listening right now are white people. Yeah. And Cameron, the other, and Ron as well. The Thanks, other Ron. Part of that, yeah. The, the other is, the other part of that, Cameron, is uh, in in terms of what Ron was saying, a couple of things that that I I'm like you, I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I have been around you and I both have been around politics and in reporting and stuff a long time. I have never ever ever seen a a, a true politician, someone who genuinely wants to run into office that doesn't get in front of any audience that gives them an opportunity to ask for a vote or to try to sway a vote. They don't just get in front of people who are going to vote for them because they, no one would ever win. No one would ever that, – that, that's not good political strategy. What you do is you try to get that independent – you know, the voter in the middle, the independent and the swing voter, as they call them. And, you know, sometimes you can convert. But you never – if you cherry pick and only talk to people that are friendly to you, you're going to lose because that's not the only people who go to the polls to vote. Well, and you can't win in Marion County without – the people who listen to this radio station, but exactly. whether they whether they be black or white, but uh, Democrats, you 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 have you you have to cross. And this is what I talked to Abdul about. He was like, you have to get some of the Democrat and mm-hmm. the urban audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, urban just doesn't mean black or white. No, it, it literally doesn't. means no. urban. Yeah. Um, you've got to get them. This is what Abdul and I talked about. And he's like, uh, he's already going down the uh, going down the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of that is, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, but I, I chalk it up to arrogance and or ignorance or maybe a combination of both. But those, those are just non-winning strategies, just, just steering clear. Uh, and again, I mean, I, I've had some Republicans come on and sit there and, and, and you know, you have too, mm-hmm. sit in the hot seat and they took the fire, they take the heat, but they want to get it out there. And that is what a politician does. So, And we've had, uh, and you and I, I think you've talked to everybody that I have. We had every Democrat and Republican candidate running for mayor came on my show, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of uh, Jefferson Shreve. He wasn't available uh, when, when a couple of weekends that I had offered. Uh, and I did not get to get uh, to Cliff Marsiglio, partially because I couldn't find his contact information and he dropped out of the race uh, to get support behind um, yeah, he dropped out Robin Shackelford. But yeah, nevertheless, we talked to everybody and every, we called and everybody said, yes, what day you need, what day you need me there from pastor Jackson to Robin Shackelford to mayor Hawk said they, they understood. You gotta, you gotta come to Cameron show. You gotta come to Tina's show. So because 60% of our listeners are black, 40% of the listeners are white. Facts. There you go. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Jay. Jay, good morning. I'm good. What's on your mind? So I want to go back to the referendum. Um, I'm an optimist. And so now that these that the the schools have to split this money up, uh, could it be uh, it would be a uh, working with the uh, charter schools, meaning IPS could now uh, maybe take some of these charter schools and bring them up under their wing, knowing that now I have to disperse some of these funds. And then also, could it be a situation where some of these charter schools could become uh, specialty schools? Because you mentioned, you know, the Cameron School of Broadcasting, mm-hmm. and then maybe the School of Plumbing, the School of Architecture. You, you get where I'm going? All, I like all to the be above. optimist about things. 
all of the above. I think you're right about all of the above. All of those are options. If you're IPS, you're like, man, if I got to pay for some of these schools, maybe, and I don't know, I'd love to get uh, Alicia Johnson to answer, uh, maybe it is, hey, let's bring some of these boys back in. If I got to pay for them, I might as well run them. Or, I don't know, maybe it's like, hey, if I got to pay for them, it doesn't matter who runs them. I don't know what their philosophy is, but you bring up a good perspective on that. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. And Cameron, I, I think that this, this law is going to, to go down in ways that perhaps those who backed it and, and wrote it and sponsored it were not, uh, were not, not thinking, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I, think that it, I think it's going to go off the rails in a lot of ways. I really do. Jay, thank you is. for the call. I think it's going to go off the rails. See, unintended uh, consequences, will, I want to watch for those quite a bit. 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi right, there. This is Mayhem. Mayhem, I'm good glad morning. You, hey, I'm glad you are educating people. I'm glad you're educating Ron because he rambles a lot and he's not quite right. And nine out of ten, majority of the things that he say, he's a Johnny come lately to the city. He really don't know the inner outs of working of the city. Uh, Shree could get in there but if he listened to y'all and come and talk to the people he just might get in there he has to talk as uh, as ron say so-called enemies well in politics isn't really enemies we voting for uh republican or democrat i don't know why we call them enemies and the other quick point um uh dealing with tab i'm glad uh tab opens the community i live across the street that we always talk about black and white. That's a white church, and they always open up, been for the last 50, 60 years, uh, to the black community to use that. So uh, maybe our other churches can work that out because our community is welcome, uh, open to everybody. And once again, I, I get media F uh, because why is it that nobody knew about uh, the boy eating vomit and they held it for two months? Oh, I got an answer for that. The the, uh, the the other side, the other side told us about it, but they really couldn't get it, uh, couldn't get it out because somebody inside the school told them, and they didn't want to reveal the person that told them. But um, you know, we have to see what's really going on with our kids. We just can't hide stuff. I know media think they know everything, but we got to get out there and see what's really going on in our city because I'm pretty sure that's not the other, that's not the only child being abused in these schools. Thank you. Hey, yeah. thank you. And, and uh, you know what? There's something really, really quickly mm -hmm. about the F grade that he just gave the media. Uh, not knowing about a particular incident that took place two months before uh, it was known about is not a function of the media. It's it's not. It's not like the media sat there and said, oh, I'm going to hold this until, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this now. It's all about access, uh, availability, and things of that nature. And when school systems and places where you get information uh, – don't necessarily release it or, or cut. that therein lies the problem it's not the media in that particular incident well there, and, and there's no way the media would have sat on that and i'll further push back and, and tell you mayhem on that one you've got that one completely wrong uh yeah, the exactly. um the that situation happened in february it involved a special needs student uh, the only reason the school even found out about it in April is because they were having a separate investigation on an entirely separate incident in which the person they were talking to brought up the vomiting incident. When yeah. that information was released in April to the media, the parents found out about it because it was on the news. The parents found out about it because the news reported it. The parents did not even know about it, okay? And the school didn't know about it until April because the kid who was involved was at special needs and is not able to verbalize what had happened to him. So you got that one completely wrong. I respect what you're saying, but your facts on that one, my brother, are uh, out of line. So uh, that's why the, the family literally knows, and there's a lawsuit now because the media reported it. So uh, Exactly, exactly. All right, let me jump to probably one more call before we wrap up. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning, Cameron. This is uh, Tracy Gibbons, man. I'm just calling about the mayoral campaign. Talk and, to and me. The election. I, I, I went over to my polling place, and I put down nonpartisan. You know, they didn't even give me a ballot for Democrat or Republican. Mm -hmm. So I just voted on the, the school initiative. I didn't even ask why, but I put nonpartisan. But uh, I'm going to make it my, my mission to talk to Joe Hogsett or to Shreve because I'm going to find out what's happening over here in Harvard with these alleys and these
these streetways. And and the lights, city lights. There's, there's moratorium on these city lights mm-hmm. and, and, and the sewers. So I'm going to make it my personal mission. I'm going to tell anybody else, it's time to start holding these politicians' feet close to the fire. I don't need the media to hold their, their feet to the fire. If I'm a voter, I'm going to get in their face and tell them exactly how I feel. And if it means getting arrested about this neighborhood and the violence, they can stop this violence if they want to. They don't care until it happens close to them. Then they care, like the people down in Kentucky, the governor. Someone personally gets killed by, by the he knows. Mm-hmm. Now he's ready to start doing something about guns. Mm-hmm. All right. I appreciate All right. you. I'm going to leave it right there. I, I, like, I like the vibe. We're going to leave it right there uh, for our calls here this morning as we get ready to wrap up the show. Tina, uh, you've got a, uh, a full week of uh, uh, community connection starting at 1 o'clock on WTLC AM 1310, 92.7 yes. and 95.1. What's on the show this week? What's on the show this week? Quite a bit. Um, we're going to start tomorrow with the Indiana Civil Rights Commission. They are very active. You need to. We we we're going to dig a little deeper, find out a little bit more about them. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, of course, as always, uh, sports with our good uh, friend and good buddy Danny Bridges from the Indianapolis Recorder, and uh, you know, just a whole lot of, of a whole lot of things. I don't have my. Uh, I've got it off the top of my head, but uh, but again, we're going to start the week off with the Indiana Civil Rights Commission, and we're going to go from there. So, um, Cameron, it's it's going to be a good week, uh, the first full week of May, and um, hey, it always gets interesting, doesn't it? It always uh, gets interesting, and now it's going to uh, ramp up because we've got a, uh, a, a an election coming up in November, and we didn't even get to talk about the fact that uh, we've already got uh, uh, we had a. a, a an announcement this week, Jennifer McCormick, former uh, state school superintendent, former Republican, um, has decided mm-hmm. she is now a Democrat and uh, she is going to run for governor of Indiana. That's going to be interesting. She's got an uphill battle, uh, especially since she switched parties. But she also has a little name equity uh, in the state, so that may help her. She's got uh, name equity. And funny enough, she was actually uh, my superintendent uh, when I drove school buses for Yorktown. Uh, years ago, a small school district. And um, I actually met her one time. She was, um, I went over to the superintendent's office to sign, get some papers signed for something. And uh, she was in there wiping tables off. And I was, I did not know that she was the superintendent because she was cleaning the place. So uh, that was my odd uh, introduction to her. I was like, I, you know, I thought she was just somebody cleaning. No, she's cleaning the whole building. Uh, And now she's running for governor. So our paths will cross uh, again here soon as the as the campaign uh, gets underway shall be interesting. Cameron, my friend, it is always, as always, been a pleasure to be with you and your listeners. Thank you so much for having me on today. You have a great week. You as well, Tina. Thank you for making our week better uh, by starting off with open lines. We'll talk to you tomorrow live at 1 o'clock. Indeed, indeed. Everybody have a good one. All right, Open Lines is back, same time, same stations, next Sunday, live at 8. Coming up on 106.7 WTLC, it's the Hour of Power with Al Sharpton. And on the new Hot 100.9, it is Brandon. He's about to walk into the studio right now. If you missed any portion of this show or any other show, search Open Lines wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Little. I'll see you tomorrow morning on TV at 5 a.m. on CBS 4 and starting at 4 a.m. on Fox 59.